For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Fourth Down Focus, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I am Dan Lundy, host of the podcast and founder of Fourth Down University. It was another exciting weekend of the NFL. Uh, the LA Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals are now headed to the Super Bowl. It should be a wonderful end to an amazing season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for NFL football action this fall. With a new website and even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your phone to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That is double your initial deposit just for signing up. And don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Episode 65 of the podcast welcomes Coach Dakota Tillman, former kicker at Limestone University, current special teams coordinator and linebackers coach at Tattnall High School. And he's also an assistant coach with Coastal Elite, which is a one-on-one kicking training location located in Savannah, Georgia. Dakota, it is an honor to have you on the show. How are you doing? Doing well, man. Appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to uh, talk about some things that are important to me and talk special teams and what we do at uh, one-on-one Coastal in Savannah. Yeah, so Dakota, I didn't know. I used to work with one-on-one kicking, and he is now with them. So I've heard about him through – the older guys and he's an aspiring uh, special teams coordinator for college football and he's coming up he's doing very very good things for for kickers and coaches alike so I thought it'd be awesome just to share his story tonight a little bit um, as mentioned we are kind of uh, right before the Super Bowl we're about two weeks out for someone listening to this that may listen to it later um, we are right up on uh, National Signing Day, which is probably going to come up tonight in our discussion a little bit. But I wanted to start with uh, you a little more personally. I want to congratulate you uh, on your recent success with a high school specialist. I was reading that you have gone, um, you had three who have gone on to play in the last four years. Can you share a little bit more about your experience uh, transitioning from high school to college football and uh, how these experiences have helped you in playing football and and what led you to coaching? Yeah. Um, next week will actually be my fourth in four years. So, but congrats. Um, I've been blessed. I've been blessed with a lot of great talents. So I'm going to give the, the kids work hard. They buy into what we teach. Um, so my background, I, um, I played at Claxton high school where I live right now. I used to coach there. Um, I, I was always doing kicking. Like it was kind of like a side position for me. And uh, when I got into high school, I still did it, but I played other positions. And um, where it really got serious for me kicking was my um, my sophomore and junior year, I tore my shoulder up trying to play linebacker and a couple of other positions. So my senior year, I remember I met with my head coach and I was just like, man, I don't want to hurt my shoulder again. I've been through two surgeries. Let me just focus on kicking. And he was cool with it. 
And um, at that point, I was not training with any coach. So this was all self-taught. Um, I was on a two-inch my senior year of high school because I didn't have any knowledge. I didn't know any better. And um, I was fortunate enough I had a really good season. And um, I had the opportunity to go play at Limestone. And um, when I got up there, I struggled with that transition going to the ground because, Dan, you know as well as I do how hard it is just to even come off of a, a one-inch or a half-inch going to the ground. And, you know, I was coming off a two-inch. So when I got to college, I really struggled my freshman year. And um, after my freshman year, that that winter, I was kind of like, you know what? I don't really know what I'm doing. I need to find somebody to train me because all the other guys on the team, they had guys they went to to train. And um, at that point, I ran an internet search. I searched kicking coaches in Georgia, and I got in touch with Patrick Means, who uh, I work with now. And that was just an amazing opportunity. I, we did a private session um, that spring or summer, I believe. And from there on, I just started training with him. And he legit got me from I was four string on a Division two school, not even getting reps to two years later. I'm a grad transfer. I'm about to go play FBS ball at Troy. And so I credit him for all that teaching me the fundamentals. And I really bought into it because I knew me doing it on my own. It didn't work because I didn't know what I was doing. And from there, so I'm supposed to go to Troy as a grad transfer. I finished up a I finished up in three years at Limestone. So that summer I visited, I committed, I was excited about going and um, I was supposed to leave on August 13th and I'll never forget the date. It was August 4th, 2018. I got a call from the guy who was recruiting me. So I'm like nine days from, you know, going to campus and trying to compete for a spot and uh, the starting job. And he called me and he says, man, it just, we don't have the numbers anymore. So you're not going to be able to come. And that, that was really hard for me. And it's something that sticks with me still. And I think it helps me with my coaching now, but so I kept training and I'm home. So I'm home for that whole semester. Cause it was August. It was too late for me to get into another school. And that's kind of where I, I'm, I, we had a new high school coach at my alma mater. And he said, you know, I know you're still trying to get an opportunity, but why don't you train our kickers this year? So I started doing that. And the kid I had, um, it was his junior year. He had a phenomenal season. He, Broke all my records from high school. Um, was 100% on field goal. Um, it was like top in the state in touchbacks, top five. But um, and then I just remember in December I kept training, and throughout that season I was getting calls, and but nothing ever stuck. I never really got any offers to anywhere that were serious. So I started. I finally just came to the conclusion. I said, you know what? I'm just going to stick with coaching. Not really at the time, not really knowing what I was getting into or where it would take me. And then a few months later, I'm taking that kid to camp to train with Patrick Means, and he comes up and he says, man, our camp's growing a lot. Would you mind helping out? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of how I got into coaching um, with him down at uh, one-on-one. And he's kind of – he asked me to do the punting, and I was like, man, you know, I, I did all three in high school, but I'm not a punting guy. Um, I I'm a kicker by nature. But uh, he got me in touch with, you know, the guys in the one-on-one organization – I got to go to Birmingham and work with Mike McCabe and he taught me um, the way we teach it for our organization. And now um, I'm the one-on-one uh, punting guy for our location. So that's kind of how I got into coaching high school. Um, and now I aspire to be a college coach and running the camps with one-on-one. And um, when Adam Tanowski with hammer kicking comes to uh, Atlanta, I get to help him run his camp as well. So he's been a great connection for me as well. That's awesome. There's a lot to unpack there. And I want to start with, I love the fact that you were 
an athlete, you know, you were a linebacker. Um, I think that's where we're going. If you look at these guys on Sunday, most of these guys are, I mean, the mean kicker is probably about five eleven, six foot, one ninety, and fit. And the mean punter is six three, six three and a half, two ten plus, and they can do splits and they're fast and they and they some of those guys played other sports like rugby professionally, you know. So we we are in a much different place uh, with specialists than I think than we were twenty years ago. And I think twenty years ago it was pretty special. I think that's when we became ninety percent effective in, on Sundays, which was which was unprecedented. And I think we've gotten a little bit better since. And I think it's because people like you um, have bought into the fact that it's a very, very impactful play fourth down. And sometimes the most important person on that unit is, is the specialist, you know, or specialist on field goal. It's snap hold kick. It's got to all happen to be, to be done. And I'm getting somewhere with this. I, I think that we're going to talk about what you aspire to do. And that's coach coach college football. I think that your experience positive limestone negative what transpired when you transferred i think you're going to take that away and you're going to treat people better and i think that's that's the big difference i think a lot of people in this industry football they know x's and o's very well but people i think a lot of people fall short in dealing with people and i think that those that are the most effective coaches have found a way to get the most out of each and every individual whether they deal with them or not nick saban's a great example of this so I'm thankful for you. You're young. You're hungry. We're going to get into something right now that I'm very curious. And I, I, I intended on asking you prior to recording, but I'm glad I didn't. Uh, we, at, we met last week about this show, what you wanted to talk about. And one of the things you said first was you wanted to talk about grit and you wanted to talk about faith. Can you elaborate on these things and what they mean to you? Yeah, so I'll start with grit. So um, kind of. Now that you got my background, so grit to me is passion and perseverance. So um, I really feel like I had no intentions of becoming a football coach, but um, things worked out the way they did. And I really feel like I'm doing what I'm intended to do. That's my passion. I love coaching and I love the obstacles that come with it. I love uh, facing adversity, learning from adversity and then persevering. So grit to me is passion match with perseverance as I go through and I'm getting better at what I do I'm always trying to find ways to get better uh, when those obstacles come you have to change the way you think and I think that was me coming from the athlete to the coach and I know we'll talk about that later but just viewing adversity differently so understanding that when bad things happen I'm not looking at them and, or getting down on myself or I'm really hard on myself but at me getting older I'm realizing okay, I don't need to get down on myself. This is happening for a reason. Let me learn from this adversity or this trial that I'm going through and persevere from it and come out on the other side and say, I'm who I am today because this happened. And I, um, when I look back at my life, a lot of that's happened. And that's something I'm big on is grit. So matching that passion of what I want to do, you know, obviously aspiring to be a special teams coach, but moving forward to where there's ups and downs all the time that, are going to happen. So I have to overcome those and learn from those. So anytime something bad happens, I just view it differently now than what I did as a player. And then um, faith goes into that. So grit is passion and perseverance. Faith to me is my purpose. Like I take pride in being a Christian football coach. And that's something that's really big in my life because three years ago when I got saved, uh, I, I completely changed from who I was to who I am now. So 
matching my having my purpose of showing others um what it's like to live as a christian what it's like to not do the things that everybody else is doing i'm matching that purpose which gives me confidence and it allows me to be myself more because i'm not worried about what other people think about me i'm worried about pleasing god and doing things that are going to lead others to christ that i match that purpose of my faith with my passion and my passion is going to lead me through perseverance. And it all just goes, it's like a circle that goes around. So um, those are very important to me because I just feel like I've really found who I am and what I want to do. And God is the number one person I'm going to give all the glory to uh, no matter ups or downs, whether I'm doing really well, I'm going to give God the glory. If I'm going through a, a tough time or some trials or an adversity, I'm going to overcome those because God put that situation in front of me to develop me for something better. And that's something I live every single day. And me being a Christian, I think it's important to, um, you know, emphasize that my players need to see that in me as I go through it throughout my career. So that's something that's very important to me. I'm older than you, unfortunately, you know, you're 24, I'm 39. Uh, and, I'm going to talk to you like your little brother or cousin right now. I, I love the fact that you said those two things and I want to harp on the grit because I think it's important. And I, I oftentimes get, I don't know how to say this, but people don't like the fact that I like to tell the truth always. And sometimes the truth hurts. And uh, what you were saying about grit reminded me of, a, of a, they did a study about um, second generation wealth. And they say that second generation wealth fails 80% of the time. Meaning if you get daddy's business you know, you go to college and major in that so you can take over daddy's business. That's an 80% failure rate in the last like 30 or 40 years in our country. And I think, I think it's because I think there's a, there's a purpose to failure. I think it's, it's how we find ourselves or personally find ourselves. If we're given something, it's not appreciated nearly as much. We all, we all learn that, but I think it's more than that. I think that uh, failure is very important and I think it's essential. It, it's an essential part of success. Absolutely. So I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad that you embrace that. And I think that having a faith, you know, unfortunately sometimes in, in, in certain environments that I coach and I can't talk about my faith, but this is my show and I can, you know, so I'm, I'm also there with you. You know, it's nice to wake up every day and know that you have several reasons. You have several whys I should say, you know, and one of mine is, is my faith and, and my family and my passion, like you mentioned. So, so thank you for that. Um, I have one more question before the break. Uh, could you share who has influenced you or what are some influences that have uh, kind of guided you both on and off the field up to this point? Yeah. So I, I got a, a few people I want to talk about. So um, growing up, I didn't have the most traditional I guess childhood, there was a lot of trials there. Um, so, but the one person who really has guided me along the way um, has been my, my grandpa. Um, I think a lot of my grit that I have comes from him. He comes from, um, he's from Georgia, South Georgia, where I'm at right now. He comes from a family of, you know, share, they were sharecroppers, they were poor. Um, but he continued to work. He ended up getting educated and he got into, um, got into real estate, did really well for himself. So growing up, he was always teaching me hard work, working as hard as you can, getting educated and just continuing on no matter what happens. And I think that passion and perseverance that comes with grit, a lot of that that I have in me comes from him. 
So he's definitely the biggest influence in my life. But a couple other people I want to shout out. My um my high school head coach, Roderick Williams, who I'm actually fortunate enough to work with him now. He's our defensive coordinator. Just in high school, he was our weight room guy. And he says today, you know, characters revealed in the weight room. And I'm a huge believer in that. But he would always work us to a point to where we were getting so good and we would develop this mindset. I called it competitive mindset where we're always thinking about how we can get better. And now me looking back as a coach now, I'm always trying to find ways to get better in everything that I do. And a lot of that came from him pushing us every single day in the weight room, pushing us on the football field and talking through that as part of our culture in high school. And then Patrick Means is probably – other than my grandpa, he's the biggest influence in my life. Not only just teaching me and taking me in as a player, but teaching me the technique. But I mean, me and him talk at least two or three times a week, just about anything. It's not always football. It's it's about life. It's about being a better husband. It's about uh, opportunities that come. He's he's the guy I go to if I'm if I need advice on something. He's he's my go to guy. So I, I thank him for a lot of stuff. I wouldn't be where I am today football-wise and coaching-wise without a coach like him. Um, in college at Limestone, another guy, Mike Furry, was my head coach. Um, he's most recently with the Chicago Bears as the wide receiver coach. Well, I don't talk to him as much anymore just because he's so busy, but um, I try to coach like he did because I got to see it done the right way. He was It was faith-based. It was discipline. He brought it every single day. And I think just there's something to be said about doing stuff the right way. And every time at Limestone we were doing something, it was always about doing it the right way. And he did everything the right way. And that's something I carry with me as a coach now going forward, um, just doing things the right way. I'm a firm believer. Like it, if you do it the right way, it's going to be done and it's going to pay off for you in the long run rather, rather than taking shortcuts. Uh, Tony Welch is the guy who gave me my first job. Um, and one thing I do take from everybody I meet, like even you, I'm going to take something from you and learn from you. Um, I believe there's something to learn from everybody. But Tony Welch is probably to this day still the guy that I've seen build relationships with everybody. Like he's probably one of the best people I've seen as we just talked about building relationships. Like there was everybody in the school building, not just football players. They all had a relationship with him. He knew how to connect with people and network. And that's something I really learned. And I'm always thankful for him giving me that first opportunity as a coach. You know, I'm 20 years old when I start, and he gave me a lot of responsibility. And each year, he was always developing me and getting me ready for the next step. What do I need to do to get better? What do we need to work on here? And sitting down with me and having those conversations of what I need to get better at and really just mentoring me. We don't work together anymore, but we stay in pretty good contact. And then lastly, my uh, my in-laws and my wife, um, as far as my spiritual aspect of growing, they see me grow my faith because around the time I met my wife, I was a very new Christian. So anytime I have questions about that stuff or I need guidance on that, they're, they're awesome. Uh, my in-laws, they're, they have an amazing marriage and that's something I strive for each day to be more like them. And then my wife, like I said, without her, I would not be where I am today. She allows me to do what I need to do. She knows my passion and desires and, She's awesome. I can't say enough about her. I'm, I'm truly blessed with her. Those are a lot of people that have had uh, big influences on my life and just different ways to develop me who I am today. One of my mentors is Kendall Gammon, and he would be, he would be very proud of you, uh, Kendall. Uh, he was a long snapper for the for the uh, Chiefs for a very long time, and 
he now speaks on pretty much one subject and that's gratitude, right? Find a way every day to strengthen that muscle of being grateful, being appreciative or recognizing people in your life or, or things in your life that make you feel good and make you carry on and do good things because um, people need to hear that. I think that it's very important that you share this podcast with everyone you just thanked right there. And unfortunately, like when people get asked questions like that, someone gets left out. And I know a lot of people played a role in your life and, and, you know, being the man you are to this day, but I think it's, it's very cool that you acknowledge so many people. And I, you could tell you probably wanted to touch on about 10 more, you know, but we do have a limit. So yeah. I'm going to take a break real quick. What I'm about to say might shock you, uh, but the greatest quarterback of all time is not just a goat on the field. He's a goat when it comes to investing too. He invests stocks, crypto, and even art. Now you can invest like a goat with Masterworks. Masterworks is the investing platform that lets you buy shares representing investment in art from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol. That is your opportunity to join 300,000 other members and invest like the GOAT. Get priority access with their game day promo. To do this, head to masterworks.art slash believe. That is masterworks.art slash believe. And now back to the show. <laughs> Dakota, you were on your way to coaching special teams at the college level. Uh, you, you, you'll be coaching on Saturdays probably within a year or two, I imagine. Um, and many aspire to do the same thing. But in order to do this, you must, as you know, in competitive markets, you must stand out from the crowd. What do you believe will allow you to enter this college football world and thrive in coaching on fourth down? Yeah, so um, one thing that I think separates me from others, because, um, you know, I could say work ethic and I, I really do work hard, but a lot of people work hard, but. Um, I, the statement, how you do one thing is how you do everything really resonates with me because when I do anything, I try to give my best effort, even if it's not just coaching. Like I want to be the best football coach, obviously. That's why I'm talking with you right now. But I want to be the best teacher. I want to be the best. Uh, I coach soccer. I want to be the best soccer coach I can be. I want to be the best husband I can be. I want, I want, I do some graphic design stuff. I want to be the best graphic designer I can be. So everything I do, I'm going to give my best effort and be as good as I can be and use the resources that I have. Because if, if I don't give my best effort every single day, I'm going to have regrets in the long run. And as I look back and learn from my playing experiences, um, there were times in high school and college I could have worked harder. And I look back and I, that's what I tell my players now. I'm like, you don't want to look back and have regrets and say, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have worked harder. So as a coach, I, I'm making sure, and as an adult, just in every aspect of life, I'm making sure I'm doing everything I can every single day that when I lay down at night, did I get better mentally? Did I get better physically? Did I get better spiritually? Did I get better emotionally? And if one of those is no, I got to make sure that next day that I get better. And that's just that sustained growth. So over time, I can see myself developing in so many ways um, on and off the field. But that's just going back to when, you know, when I do get my opportunity to coach at the next level, everything I do, whether it's uh, specialists, special teams, if I got to run a duty for the head coach, I'm going to be the best at running that duty. And that comes from a little bit. I have a pretty big competitive spirit as well like I just I have this thing I want to be the best that I can be at everything I do 
because I don't want to look back later and say, man, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. I'm, I'm real detailed with stuff. And I think us being specialist guys, and I, I talked to somebody at the convention a couple of weeks ago. He was a DB guy. You know, that's he was one of my guys. But he said, you know, I said, I got to learn more DB stuff, man, because I got to get better for the season. He said, man, if you can coach DBs the way you coach kickers, you're going to be great because kicking is so detailed because y'all have limited opportunities to perform in games and every opportunity has got to be that much um it's that bigger there's that much pressure on it so um everything I do not just coaching specialists and special teams it's got to be detailed and organized and that goes into scouting that goes into preparation breaking down film for teaching it goes into my lesson plans my relationships with people. I want to be detailed. I want to get to know you. I want to know you on a personal level. Um, and I think that's what's really going to separate me from others when I try to get get into the college game is um, everything I do, I'm going to give 100%, whether it's something football related or not. I just want to be the best I can be, the best overall person I can be, whether I'm as talented or as smart as somebody else or, or they're, you know, athletic wise, I, I didn't have the best athletic career because, you know, I didn't have the best genetics, but I really did give my all. Same thing for coaching. I'm not the smartest guy, um, but I'm going to give it my all and see where it takes me. So I think that's something that sticks with me every day. I'm going to try to give it my all and bring that energy every single day. Attitude is contagious. And you and I are, we're not in the same room right now. You know, you're, you're a state away and whatever, but I love your attitude and your realization that, yes, again, we've already talked about this failure thing. Uh, it happens, right? We're going to have to overcome many things in life to get where it is we want to go. And I think a lot of people would rather have it given to them. And um, you see this a lot in society, not just football, but people have expectations and they almost like, assume that if I just wait long enough, it's a matter of time, but no, I mean, it, it's unfortunate that the truth is um, it's competitive. Everything's competitive. And that's what I love about sport, whether you played soccer or badminton, I think it's important for kids to get out there and, and lose and win and, and, and feel everything in between, right? You find yourself there. You don't need to be an athlete, but go compete in something, you know, and, and strive and strive to get better and, and reflect on what didn't go well. It's, it's very important in life. And I think that you're doing the right things and you're seeing it in the right light. Um, and I, and I'm confident that when, if, and when you get this opportunity in the coming years, you're, you're going to take it and you're taking full advantage of it. And I'm proud of you for that. I'm going to move on to there's high school kids that listen to the show, right? Obviously a lot of specialists. Um, if you could, speak to this i don't know there's probably four to five hundred kids that are going to listen to you talk right now if you could talk to these four or five hundred kids what are some suggestions you would offer in helping them to be more proactive in this recruitment process i think me going through the recruiting process twice as a high school and then as a transfer guy this was kind of before the transfer portal was what it is today i, I got a lot of it different experiences and then uh, both high schools I've been at, I've been the recruiting coordinators um, to promote our guys. And then um, with one-on-one -on -one kicking, um, I do a lot with recruiting. We all kind of talk and get our kids the opportunities they need. So, But as a high school specialist, I believe it's very important to promote yourself. Um, this is something I tell all my high school players, not just specialists. Find a way to promote yourself on social media. Specifically, I'm huge on Twitter. Like I got 
I got my visit to Troy when all that was happening because of Twitter, because I put training film out there. And um, so I think promoting yourself consistently, reaching out to coaches consistently, that's huge for getting you an opportunity at the next level because people don't realize it only takes one. A lot of people chase offers these days, but it takes one school to take a chance on you. And so if you're not promoting yourself and other guys are, you're going to fall behind. So promote yourself on Twitter through training film, through academics. You know, if, if you're a high GPA, high ACT, high SAT guy, promote that as well. Like sell yourself. I'm big on that with all our guys. Like you, you have to get on and put in the work just like you do in your sport. You have to put in the work for recruiting. You can't rely on your coach to do all that for you. And me being on the coaching side, I'm going to promote my guys either way because I want them to have the opportunities that I didn't, and I'm going to teach them the same thing I'm telling um, you right now. But so promote yourself is number one for me, especially on Twitter. I love Twitter. I'm on it all the time. Secondly, I think you have to find coaches who believe in you. So if I'm a specialist, whoever I'm training with, um, they have to believe in my abilities. They have to believe and understand that what your goals are. And then they have to match you up with what level are you, I think. So if my goal is to go to college and play at the highest level, they have to believe in you to get you there. Now, one thing we do at a one-on-one coastal in Richmond Hill or Savannah, Georgia, me and Coach Means have this talk all the time. We're trying to get you guys the least amount of debt when you graduate as possible. So I think some of that is lost in the recruiting process. People always want to chase the big logo, but ultimately, and me and him can attest to this because we both didn't make the best financial decisions, um, we want to get you the least amount of debt and we want you to go somewhere where you actually have a, a place to play. Meaning uh, instead of taking a preferred walk on at somewhere out of state that is going to cost you a whole bunch of money, let's, let's get you somewhere at a lower level. That's going to give you a scholarship that you have an opportunity to play that doesn't have six or seven kickers on roster and is taking two freshmen. Uh, we're big on that too. And I think a good example of that is, um, Mitchell Finneran, who played at Samford out of high school, which he turned down PWO to Georgia Tech, and he ended up grad transferring to Purdue and had an excellent year. So as far as that goes, finding the best fit for you, but um, finding a place that's going to make you good in the long run, the best academically and get you out with the least amount of debt. And then after that, it goes to um, as far as promoting yourself on Twitter, everything we do is live running film, and I'm huge on that. And that's what got me promoted on Twitter. So when we go to camp in Richmond Hill, where we run our one-on-one sessions, our guys that are sophomores, junior, seniors, they know when we do film to post on social media, especially Twitter, we're going to do live snap and holds and we're going to get running film. And I think that's huge for the recruiting process because in order for you to separate yourself, having that running film that a coach can see okay, this kid is making kicks back to back to back and it looks like the same ball or the same snap or the same punt. That's huge to get a college special team coach on your radar. So promoting yourself, find a coach who believes in you, find the best situation for your family academically, financially. And then when it comes down to training film, uh, all, we, all we post is live running film, like back to back balls, because that's going to show your consistency through training. That's why I appreciate uh, organizations like one-on-one and uh, hammer kicking uh, they're out there the, the, you stress training just like we do um, executing games and train your butt off in between uh, and if you don't have a lot of game film 
you know, it's okay. Uh, don't go woe as me because most kids don't get 10, 15 reps in a season. They just don't. I mean, you're lucky to get four or five. Some of these five-star quote unquote kids, they don't get opportunities in games and they showcase their skills at these major competition events. But I can't recall the last time a college coach has called me or DM me and said, Hey, Billy has four stars. Do you think he's, do you think that's good enough? No, no. Instead, what they asked me is about the human being, the athlete himself. I, I think that we've, we've really deviated from what's important. And you just said it, it's training, it's preparation, it's promotion through training and games. It's a cyclical thing. It's circular, however you want to say it. I'm really, really getting over the, the subjective four and a half star. I think there's 174 and a half stars in the 22 class last time I checked in one of the, in one of these big companies. And it means nothing to me. It means nothing to them. And it should mean nothing to the kids, but unfortunately Twitter, I love Twitter too, but um, it's misleading because all these kids see are these big logos. And what they don't realize is most of these big logo offers are P dubs or walk-ons. Yep. They don't just, they don't disclose the fact that there's no money involved. So then the kids get sideways and think, oh, he got it because of his star status. And I really want to fix this problem because I think it's twisted and I think the wrong kids are getting opportunities because of it. I don't know. I could go on for a while with that, but I have one more question for you. Can you please tell everyone what you learn most in transitioning from player to coach? Think so. Like you said, getting into sports as a player in any sports, sport teaches you so much about life. And transitioning from a player to a coach, I'm taking what those guys I listed under my major influences, I'm taking what they taught me through playing for them. And I'm taking that. And now I'm having to, um, you know, I'm on the flip side of it now. Now I'm telling my players what they need to do to be successful and the stuff that sports teaches you, you know, work hard, persevere, but also the other stuff that coaching teaches you, you know, patience. I'm getting to know each each player I work with is 100% different. I don't, I don't, I don't have a cookie cut uh, formula for each player. It's going to be you're an individual. I'm going to treat you differently. So patience with that, understanding the different learning styles, and that comes from being a teacher. So all that has come from transitioning from a player to a coach. But stuff like building relationships, I, like I'm the first to say, me and my long snapper from college, we joke uh, when we met. He says, you know. It was like a whole month you didn't talk to anybody. But now I can feel like I can go build a relationship with a lot of different people as a coach because I have to build relationships with my players. If I don't have that relationship with a kid, it's not going to work out because he's not going to buy into what I'm teaching him. Or if I have, if I have to get on to him about something, it's it's not going to be a good relationship. So um, building relationships, definitely something that I've improved on coming from a player to a coach. Just being on the flip side of it, I am taking those things my – influences the people who've influenced me I have to preach that now to my players and a big part of coaching that I believe in I'm going to be 100% authentic so if I'm telling my players I left soccer practice today we have a game tomorrow I said you know go to bed tonight hydrate get some sleep but and they know they joke about it because I go to bed early every night and I get up early and go work out but that's me being authentic I'm telling them to go to bed early I go to bed early and take care of my body I'm getting up and I'm not playing soccer or playing sports anymore, but I'm getting up and going to the gym to work out because my health is important to me. And I'm telling my players, you know, we're going to give God all the glory through the ups and downs, good or bad. And I have to do that through my actions. So I think being really authentic is even more important as a coach than a player because players can see right through that. If you're not practicing what you're preaching, they can tell because there's going to be some 
hesitation there. So as a player, you know, I'm taught hard work. Let's work hard. Let's persevere. But as a coach, I really have to live for me, at least I, I really have to live what I'm going through or what I'm telling them. It's the same thing when it comes to coaching specialists, um, stuff that works for me, I've got to make sure I'm teaching to them and understanding where they're coming from with it. And then just making sure, okay, this is what you need to do. This worked for me. And that comes from the experience of it. So I think just really there, there's some lessons either way. You know, I think football teaches you so many life lessons, all sports, but football, especially um, you get knocked down, you get back up. You got to be patient. Sometimes you got to work hard and just the, that grit type mentality. But as a coach, I've learned so many other things like networking, building relationships. I got to be patient. I got to be more patient than ever now because I'm working with so many people each day. When I was a player, it was just all about, you know, all about what, what I need to do to get better. But as a coach, I got to figure out ways to get, um, especially as a special teams guy, you know, you deal with the whole team. I got to get everybody bought into special teams. That way we, we perform better on the field during games. So just some stuff there uh, transitioning from a player to a coach. Yeah. Coaching and leadership is synonymous, you know, and, and you said, several things that characterize an effective leader and one is accountable, you know, like be accountable, be accountable for yourself, put yourself in check because if you're going to, you know, prescribe, if you will, actions to be taken tomorrow or or overnight, you better practice those actions too. I mean, don't be a hypocrite because if you, the second they smell hypocrisy, they're not going to listen to you. You're being effective. So I really thank you for that because coaches are leaders and, 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 and vice versa. And, there's leaders in our country, right? That they're hypocrites. They say one thing and do another. They don't practice what they preach and, and they lose their following very quickly because we need to, we need guidance. And if, if this person is going to prescribe something and they're going to do the inverse, uh, it must not be a good thing. Right. So I'm going to do what they're doing. Um, so I, I thank you for that. Um, last thing is what I always ask my guests, cause, uh, you gave a heck of a story today and, very insightful uh, answers to my questions. Uh, is there a couple ways that the audience could reach you, uh, Twitter and perhaps one other additional? Yes, yeah, so uh, definitely follow me on Twitter. I'm very active at Dakota Tillman uh, 17. I got a website. You can uh, reach me at my website. My contact info is on there, dakotatillman.com. And then if anybody would like to reach out to me through email, it's uh, tillman.dakota at yahoo.com. And I'll also tag you in our trailer. Uh, we'll drop for you in the show drops. Um, Dakota, it, it means a lot man, to me. Uh, it means a lot to, to everyone, I'm sure, at 4th Down Focus that you were able to share information that will benefit all of us on and off the field. Please give us a five-star rating, review, subscribe to the show, and share it with a friend. If you have suggestions, uh, suggestions for future topics, guests, um, or if you just have feedback for me, you can reach me in several ways. My website is fourthdownu.com. And on Instagram and Twitter, you can reach me at at fourthdownu. Thanks again for joining us at Fourth Down Focus, presented by Bet Online. We'll see you next week with an exciting new guest. And remember, in all things, give thanks. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.